0: I'd tell you the details, but it's not like I made them up.
1: Your problem is you spent your whole life thinking there are rules. There aren't. Believing as I do, like the good Dr. King said. A man should be judged on the content of his character, not the color of his skin. Yeah, he's dead. You're going to need a different quote. I just charge for parking. You think they're going to ask questions when they come with their pitch folks and their torches? It's
0: just a flight.
1: We gotta go. have had a piece of pie like that since the Garden of Eden. Simply deliver a message when the time comes. message? To who?
0: To the wicked. We're very friendly people. No, that's not it pretty actually.
1: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of... Actually, you know what? Stop. I'm going to try something. I'm going to try something, Jack.
0: Oh okay. My, oh my god, what's What's happening? <laughs> I'm not prepared. Okay. I'm not prepared.
1: Just go with it. Just go with uh, it. Okay. Okay. It'll be fun. Okay. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears> okay. <throat> Huzzah, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Very Friendly People, the Fargo Character Analysis Podcast. I am your humble servant, Thomas Potts, and with me is my brother-in-arms. I am Sir Jack Breeden, Esquire. That is right, yes, and how dost
0: thou fare, Sir Breeden? Uh, Dost thou? Pretty, pretty good. Yep, pretty, pretty good. Thank you, merrily, sir. What about
1: you? Oh, well, I thank thee. I thank thee. I be well, thank, th- thank the the, good Lord, and um, thank you for asking as well. Um, and, and king the reason and we are country,
0: spe- of course.
1: Yes, it's funny you should mention kings, because the reason we are speaking this way is we are in the presence of royalty. Ah. You know, now, Jack, now I think the pennies dropped. And I think now Jack sees what I was going for with this intro now.
0: Yes, I, I I was caught by, by surprise. I'm not sure what the voice I chose was. <laughs> I wasn't
1: either, Jack, don't worry. <laughs>
0: oh my God. <laughs>
1: but yes, uh, tonight we will be looking at Stavros Milos, the supermarket mm. king of Minnesota. Um, so this is going to be an interesting one in as much as he's... I mean he is a main character but he's he's sort of the main character of the B plot of the first series
0: definitely definitely he certainly he his presence kind of feeds more into other characters kind of storylines um uh, Malvo mm-hmm. obviously is the main focus I think um kind of highlighting his evil and he's kind of the victim of that um but it's not without without a good characterization, not without good a good story and a good plot. Uh I'm I'm quite a fan of this character actually.
1: Me too, absolutely. And obviously there's also the fact that this character is the solo connection between this season and the movie. I think actually in the whole of um the Fargo series, there's been this connection and I think one throwaway line in season three, which have been the only like concrete connections between uh, the series and the movie
0: yeah other than the um the locations and places um and the kind of uh spiritual successor characters you have like Molly and Marge um mm-hmm. yeah it it was certainly kind of a, a mind blow the, the first time watching this being like wait wait what's he what's he found and be like, oh my god that's from the movie holy exactly crap! Because so many people weren't sure whether or not it was going to be a remake of the movie, whether or not it was a, a spiritual successor, whether or not it was a direct sequel, um, and it's kind of a mixture of all of those. Um, exactly. Yeah, but it was such a such a, a, a mind blow and a, and, a, and a great little a great little tidbit to the movie uh, to what came before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it kind of uh,
1: establishes a lot of uh, interesting themes as well. Um, it's almost like since this story kind of runs parallel to the the A plot, uh, there's a lot of um, uh, recurring themes and a lot of uh, pieces that just kind of, if they don't match up like narratively, they match up uh, thematically. Mm hmm. In fact, I I wrote in my notes that this might be Malvo's uh, Mike Yanagita uh, in as much as it doesn't, in as much as it's a, you know, for Malvo this is, I guess what's really interesting is that Malvo's uh, part of the the A plot is just him just doing what he likes doing, that's his hobby, but the B plot Mm. is his actual job. Uh, when he's he's obviously hired by um, Stavros in order to find out who's been blackmailing him, um, mm. and so it's interesting that that would be the B plot.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting having the the B plot be his kind of not backstory, but his his insight into what he's like as a as a man, um, and 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 his philosophy and his uh, highlighting his evilness, but it's also. Um, The stuff he does with the Supermarket King also um, informs Gus, you know, the stuff that he does with with Stavros then feeds into the the A plot. So the whole reason of of him doing this B plot um, essentially uh, just, just helps the A plot kind of get, draws Malvo back into it, weirdly. Yeah, that's a
1: good point, actually, because he lets poor Stavros have it. I mean, it is mm. literally biblical, the the things that he inflicts upon this poor, poor man.
0: Truly, truly, overtly biblical. Uh, I mean, if you've seen mm. the show, you, you'll you know exactly, you know, the, the plagues of frogs. You know, you, you, no one's going to miss that, really, are they?
1: Exactly. So, yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, uh, in the Bible, the book of Exodus, the story of Moses, uh, there was several plagues that were inflicted upon uh, the people of Egypt uh, because Pharaoh wouldn't let his people go. Um, uh, so I, I was wondering, is is there something... Well, well I was trying to think, um, what do you think that Malvo wants from Stavros? Does he want anything concrete or... I mean, obviously, he's he goes after the money, but you get the sense that Malvo isn't really that interested in monetary gain. He's not really that way inclined. So do you think he's after something else?
0: Yeah, I, I think the money is, is certainly a short-term uh, goal, because um, obviously money's mm. going to be useful to him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely not a... Um, it's not a strategy for greed or for any kind of gain in terms of money-wise money, money wise or political-wise or power-wise um, in terms of physical, concrete power. I think him and the Supermarket King are, is more of a biblical kind of battle of the um, philosophy, I think, from Alvo. Um, Lester is kind of his... his Destiny intertwined is his counterpart, those two just keep cropping up in each other's lives here and there, um, and affects his life uh, in a physical way. But I think with, with Stavros, he, he sees something being this you know, you may think he's a biblical evil, is he the devil or not? It's, it's inconsequential. I think he himself believes Malva, that is, um, he almost believes his own hype his own evil his own devilishness Ooh. i think he deep down may think you know what i could very i could be evil incarnate um and he sees this egotistical man with with money problems and wife problems and business problems and he he sees these very easily uh corrupted souls these people who are just on the edge um and i think he just loves it he just enjoys tormenting people
1: Mm. I I'm going to tell you my interpretation which was that mm. stavros seems to have established a story a narrative for himself. You see that he's sold these books called American Phoenix and it's about his his own rise uh, to you know the heights mm, of the fame and the heights of you know becoming the supermarket king. And I think that Malvo is a collector of stories. He looks at this man and he's like what is this guy hiding because as as Malvo, you know, Malvo believes that everybody has this inner animal. Everybody has their own inner demons, and he Absolutely. he sees my he sees Mylos, and he's like, what What is this guy hiding? He wants to try and get Mylos's story out, and so by doing all these things, because I think he very quickly realizes this man fears God more than anything else. Or, or at the very least he seems to have almost mm. kind of forgotten gods but if i bring that 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 um you know fear of god back to the forefront i can break this guy and so ironically the devil starts taking on the role within the story of god uh, which is you know theologically mm. backwards but it's it 's fascinating to observe, and obviously, the thing that Malus has been hiding because he claims to be this sort of self made guy when in reality it was you know depend you know picky poison either it was divine intervention or it was just pure blind luck that he found that case of money frozen in the
0: snow mm and either way, whether it would be blind luck or. You know God's intervention. Um, Stavros kind of—it's—he's—he likes to, I think, portray himself as this saint, as this man who believes in God, and you know, um, was was gifted, given a gift by God. Um, but he's kind of turned his back mm. on him. He's—he's he's absolutely just yes. now driven by by ego, and I think it's that kind of twisted narrative he's—he's he's fooled himself into. Of like, yeah, I'm 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 in God's good books, actually. I'm you know, I'm one of the good ones. I'm mm-hmm. you know, i when I die I'm getting in. Um and so it is that you definitely twisted, um role reversal of Malvo being God testing his faith. Um mm. yeah, I, I suppose rather than tempting him into evil, it is more like God going, actually you've thrown my you know, my gifts back in my face and this is my wrath. This is my my answer to your to your greed and your, your vice and your sin.
1: Mm. And, and going back to the Bible, there is a, a lot of precedent for this so particularly. So I'm actually looking at the book of Daniel at the moment in my sort of like Bible study group that I go to. Mm. And there's, uh, there's several different encounters. So for example, uh, the, the King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who uh, like firsthand Babylon. he sees. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, there's tale of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He throws them in at the fiery furnace, but they're, they're protected. And they yeah. come out and he's like oh clearly you know th- their god has protected them from the fiery furnace and yet he still falls into his old ways and is able, and like he looks upon babylon and he's like i have built all of this by my own hand and like you know i am effectively a god and so he is um given the mind of a beast uh for a while um which again kind of ties into this whole sort of you know man animal sort of uh narrative
0: Absolutely. And then
1: um, and then when, when it's only when he sort of uh, repents that his mind is given back to him. And then years later, his son does exactly the same thing that his father did. But again, he's got the benefit of his father's hindsight. And yet he still, you know, falls into this pride. And I think it's a very similar thing for Milos, even though when he says... Because it starts off with him praying, saying, if you get me through this, I will devote my life to serving you. Mm. But we cut to him, you know, years later, and he's, you know he's grown successful and like you say he's he i think he sees his relationship with god like you said of just like i'm me and him are good he says me and god have got an understanding between us yes and it's putting him at the same level of god and it's like oh that's that's not gonna put put you in good stead to be honest no
0: (laughs) no he's he's grown fat on his throne from all these years of, of gifts and success and has forgotten what it's like to struggle
1: I mean, he carries himself almost like a mob boss, you know, when he yes. says, like, you know, you don't become the supermarket king of Minnesota without making a few enemies. Yes, but and there's like, little lacking. Mate, as you well. own a supermarket. <laughs> Semenko, <laughs> yes.
0: Semenko's yes. so standing there like a fire. Uh, what does he say? Malvo. Who's, who's, the, the who's, the, who's the fire hydrant? Because he wears all red. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's sort of bigging him up, being like, "What, what, what sport do he play? Was he like a hockey coach or something like that?" Yeah. And it's like that. Why is that intimidating to a? You're trying to intimidate, you know, the devil himself. <laughs> oh, it's it's yeah. yeah. He's he's a funny character, Stavros. I I particularly like the um, the, the motif of Saint Lawrence. Um, was he
1: called patron saint of Hardasses? asses? Patron
0: saint of Hardasses, yeah, yeah. Who who uh, was being burnt by the Romans and, and joked saying, "Turn me over and done on this side," <laughs> uh, which is which is great. And then of course that's followed on by the last line of that scene of him just with his little hand fan going, "God, it's it's goddamn hot in here." It's like he does. Oh, he's that's just, a good point. Yeah, he's just ev- everything he does. He's full of contradictions, and he's just so unaware of just how sort of unfaithful to God that he truly is. Um, mm. He's another character who's definitely driven by ego. Um, yes, uh, certainly a lot more sympathetic than others. Hint, hint, Lester. I, I say that like he's gonna be listening to the show <laughs> like <laughs> like like if you're listening out there, Lester, just let it be known. <laughs> um but yeah. He's somehow yeah.
1: escaped from that frozen pond and is like, oh, they're talking about me. They're <laughs> saying what <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Um
0: But yeah, yeah, definitely a a, a narcissist. Um but not mm. a not a I don't know, malevolent maybe, but, but certainly not a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not yeah, just... he's not an out-and-out out villain. But yeah, he, yeah.
1: He, like you say, you, you know, you, you that kind of wealth will change you, you know, whether you want it to or not. Because mm, I think you see him when he's a younger man. And by the way, can I just say, the casting of the younger version of Oliver Platt, this yeah. uh, guy called Carlos Diaz, like, they... they not only just the the face but also like the way of speaking and the, the voice and the mannerisms absolutely note perfect i, I thought
0: know, i know brilliant yeah absolutely fantastic mm. it's it's those one like scene uh character actors in this show they're just superb absolutely yes. superb um and yeah carlos does such a good job and all the is he's you know from West Wing, like, he, he's such a yes. good such a good choice for this show. He fits in perfectly. Um, I'm sorry to I,
1: say, it, like, this was the first thing I'd ever seen Oliver Platt in. I think the only other thing I can recall seeing him in is in um, the John Favreau movie Chef, where he plays the food critic.
0: Yes, yeah, he's good in that. Um, he's he also in X-Men First Class, have you seen that? I think you've seen... Is he? Yeah, is he's, he one of, he's, he's one of the agents at, like, the the compound that um kevin bacon oh. uh, kill i oh, know uh, Azrael like teleports him up like into the sky and he Ye- falls down he dies yes. he's only yes, he's only I like that- a bit apart but he again oliver Platt is oh, i love him so mm. so good so so good um yeah have he's you, good in frosty if, nixon as well frosty nixon is a phenomenal Of course film. he was
1: yes that is a great film actually yes i do yeah. remember him in that as well mm. Mm. but he's got a, a very interesting acting method i don't know if you read this in the uh the big fargo book Noah Hawley was talking about um oliver platt has this very bizarre um way of approaching his lines oh
0: no I, I you know what i actually haven't read that part or if i have i've i've, I've read i've read the book like a year yeah. ago maybe but uh yeah, I must have missed that in my research. Where, where's that? So, uh, so uh,
1: grab, it's in one me. of the interviews. It's not with Oliver Platt; it's with one of the other actors who were talking about Oliver Platt. Right. It might have been with, um, uh, with Bill Billy Bob. Bob, but I think. He, but, but Noah was Noah Hawley says that um, Oliver Platt came to him when he first met him and was like, "I apologise in advance. I'm not going to say anything that you've written." But, and he said oh. that every time they would do a take, he would sort of say the line, but like but in his own words. Mm. And then he'd always say, no, that's not right. And then he'd say it again slightly differently, but then he'd say, no, that's not right. And he'd keep doing that until he actually arrived at the line that was written in the script. And that was when he would stop. And so it just kind of made me think of, you know, when you see because like, I've seen, like, um, workshops with actors doing this with Shakespeare, where they mm. say the lines in their own sort of way as just a way of kind of better understanding the lines. And I guess Oliver Platt might have a, a similar tendency. And I don't know if he does this with every part, but I just found that a really, really interesting way of uh, of approaching yeah, these lines. I,
0: I don't think I've ever come across anyone doing something kind of like that anyway. Um, I, I know, of course, um, you know, people, people change lines all the time um mm-hmm. i i i was doing a play about a month ago um and it and it does help just slightly tweaking certain things to kind of help the flow um and if you get the the basic understanding uh the basic gist of the meaning um and if you get most of the words right uh, <laughs> if, yeah. if 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 you uh you know if you say um your your cue for another actor of course that is an absolute must because that you know you don't want to sort of um drop them in it being like, oh god, I've got absolutely no idea my line's coming in. Um but it's interesting yeah, yeah, him just going through that process of of, earn- of understanding the meaning and how the mm-hmm. character would uh, honestly and earnestly say it naturally um and then arriving just at just at the line at the end. Yeah. Because yeah, again
1: it, it is it is a very naturalistic performance when you compare mm. it to, say, like... Because I think Martin Freeman, like, it's, it's a fantastic performance, but it's very idiosyncratic and very... Uh, slightly more put upon than the more kind of natural performance yeah, that I think Oliver yeah. Platt gives. He's a
0: definite um, archetype. Um, yes. He's, he's playing into, um, while Oliver Platt is definitely kind of more uh, subdued.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, going back to Stavros and uh, Semenko, um, or more specifically Semenko, uh, do do you remember the scene where, because Semenko from the very beginning doesn't like um, Malvo, Mm. Uh, I don't know whether it's the case that he just thinks that this guy's sort of taking them for a ride, or if he just feels a bit kind of jealous, because I know that he he said he was going to handle it, but then... Milo said no we we need to hire a professional so I think Samenko's a little bit jealous and a yes, bit sour definitely. about that. And there's the scene where he goes to th- sort of threaten Malvo in his yep. motel room. Yeah, yeah. And that scene. Yeah, because we we didn't talk about this in the Malvo episode and it's an absolute crime we didn't because it's one of the strangest <laughs> things. Yes. It really I've never is. seen somebody do a badass poop
0: in the <laughs> <before. laughs> <laughs> A badass poop. That's certainly not a line that I thought would ever be recorded on this podcast, but I'm telling you now, Thomas, I'm so glad that it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But, I mean it 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 kinda of, kind of ties into the sort of like dog type thing of sort of like marking territory. It's marking it's it territory.
0: territory, yeah. It's absolutely... And of course he
1: he called Samenko a fire hydrant at the
0: beginning and what the dogs do to fire yeah, hydrants. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like he he pre planned it. He he mm-hmm. he knew that what <laughs> that somewhere down the line I'm gonna I'm gonna shit in front of this man. <laughs> um but yeah, what a way of intimidating someone. And I mean it works. It's you mm-hmm. know, what a way of, of showing your power over someone than just dropping trow and <laughs> and taking a <the> poop. <laughs> yep. Right in front of them, yep. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, leave, no. he
1: leaves and he leaves the door open, so just anybody could be walking <laughs> <Yeah>. by.
0: <laughs> just anyone, and I don't think Malvin would care in the slightest. Nope. I think I think he'd probably invite someone in if someone walked past, to be fair.
1: Yeah, or just been like, you're out of toilet paper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you, could you pass me a roll? <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it's interesting the the fire hydrant and the, the marking territory analogy I hadn't picked up on that until now. Mm. Um and of course Stavros himself has, has a connection to dogs. Um Yes, King. With King the Dog, um a- again, mm. that that running theme of, of kings. Um yes. with with Stavros. You know, King the Dog, he's the supermarket king. Um, All of his, you know, he's he's practically sitting on his throne with his stained glass windows behind him, Uh, you know, essentially in his castle. Um, And his whole mindset, Mm. of course, that he is above, he's, you know, he's chosen by God um, to be king over over his dominion. Um, And much like many kings, it all comes crumbling down around him. Um, The first sign of trouble, of course, is with poor old king.
1: Yeah, I mean... I mean, Malvo kills a dog. I mean, Malvo
0: literally kills a dog. Like, how yeah. do you not become the most evil character in all the fiction if you don't kill a dog? <laughs> and an uh, interesting little connection
1: as well is um, there's also a dog named King in another Noah Hawley series, uh, which is Legion. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, D- David Haller, uh he had a childhood dog that was called King. But um, as the series progresses, you find out that... Uh, might not everything uh everything might not be quite what it seems with that dog, but uh that's spoilers mm. for Legion. That that's probably mm. another podcast. Uh, but, be, that'll, uh that'll Legion, Legion podcast. It's fantastic. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I mean it's it's the guy who does Fargo doing an X-Men series by way of Twin Peaks. I mean it's it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm surprised I haven't watched it yet. I just need to track it down. I just need to track. You can't it in in the incredible. UK.
1: It's really hard to find. Is the yeah.
0: Thing. yeah, Everything in the UK is so so bloody difficult. I mean, Fargo season four was like out for a year in America, essentially. Yeah. Before, before it was recently broadcast, what a couple of months ago, maybe. Over On Channel Four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Mm. Crazy. Uh, um, but
1: anyway, uh, back to Stavros. Um, yes. yes. I'm actually. Yeah, I think uh, with Estavros and Semenko as well, did you get any sort of like Emmett-Sai vibes
0: from them? Sort of like a
1: less friendly version of Emmett and
0: Sai. Yeah, that weird kind of lackey henchman bodyguard meets kind of um, almost... Yeah, I think it's more brotherly with Sai and Emmett. I think with with Ray out of the picture, Sai kind of takes that position of, you know, brother from another mother. Um, yes, definitely. And I think with Semenko and, and, and Stavros it's it's you know, certainly less friendly, but he trusts he trusts this guy with his you know, his son's life. Um towards he the does, end. Yeah. You know, so there's there's definitely some loyalty and some trust there with those two. Um mm. but he is just such a miserable bastard, isn't he? He's just he is. he's just not he's not happy about any of it. And I love the line of of um Stavros when he's deciding not to park in the car park. Um, yes, and tell my son, I love him. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah. tell him that. I'm not going to tell him <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so and he just just not phased, not phased. Absolutely, oh. yeah. It, mm. Again, it, it ties it, as well. to meet.
1: Yes, I was gonna, yeah, because his his son, who bless him. He's not. He's not been blessed in the intelligence department.
0: No, not the not the sharpest uh, nail in the toolbox. But he's certainly no. the funniest. <laughs> he's, he's certainly yeah, the nicest.
1: He's very sweet and yeah. uh, you, you know. Um, but I. Uh, he's he's a punk fan, but, so you know you've got to give is. him credit for that. Yes. Uh, what What are some of his uh, his best zingers? Uh, some of the movie's best zingers. I think
0: I think the first one he has is the. Um, What's a um, what's a martial artist's uh, favorite kind of drink? kara Tea. <laughs> it's tea. It? tea. Like like tea.
1: Uh, and you he, just get the sense that like you know he's been doing this since he came out of the womb, and his dad is just so sick of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. He's probably thinking, you know, this is my heir, my idiot son. Just walking Mm -hmm. in here, doing terrible puns while I'm conducting business, sorting out blackmail. (laughs) Yes, and of course
1: his um, his wife
0: as well. Yes, Uh, Helena. 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 Yes. Helena.
1: Mm. Who has been like completely, like almost the complete opposite of the Oliver Platt Carlos Diaz thing. Like this, this actress looks completely different, and you get the sense like this woman, like, she has let the wealth really
0: change her yes. in a major way. Definitely, definitely. Um, uh, I, I suppose, yeah. It, I mean, all, both of those family members just feed into that, you know, that king kind of, uh, what do you call it, um, aesthetic or atmosphere, mm-hmm. I suppose. You know, you've got your, your your idiot heir that kind of will eventually take over the throne, but you know is kind of lived in luxury all his life and kind of doesn't have his wits about him and you know he met his his wife and he was down and out on his luck and she's kind of absorbed this this all this wealth and air and you know wants to look young and live you know a rich life and ends up wanting to you know chuck a husband and get a divorce and take 50 percent
1: exactly yeah and uh, cl- i mean clearly she's having an affair with Don Chump, right? Mm.
0: Like mm. I don't know if it's ever properly stated, is it? But I definitely think that's it's not. the that's definitely the uh, the overtone with those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh and poor Don Don Chumpf. Oh. I
1: mean, yeah, he's he, again, not a bright character, but yeah, possibly the most like tragic brutal yeah. tragic assassination in the entire series. Yeah. Like he's right.
0: kind of like he's kind of like the fool, isn't he? Of, the, of yes. that dynamic, he's he's kind of like the the clown of the uh, of the court, mm-hmm. very uh, much so. Yeah, um, and like a lot of fools in a lot of you know fiction things, they always somehow end up getting involved in some scheme with the king or assassination plot or you know some kind of secret. And much like an actual fool, of course, is way over his head uh, when it comes into into cahoots with with Lord Malvo
1: yeah i mean who, who would malvo be in the court because he plays like all the sides because obviously mm. he's he's make, he meets up with stavros but he also meets up with uh, helena and like pretends to be a divorce attorney and being like i want to make sure that you get the money that you're entitled to but then obviously when he realizes that don chump has been blackmailing uh stavros and, yes which he finds out who, because
0: of his fake tan isn't it on the note yes exactly yeah.
1: And uh, so he he also like um throws his lot in with with him, mm. and so again he's playing all playing all sides against each other like Absolutely. a sort of um, I'm, I'm trying to think who would that be, uh, in a court scenario I think of a kind of like Henry the Eighth kind of uh, would it be a Cardinal Wolsey type
0: possibly yes that, that kind of figure or um, let me think. Uh I recently watched Lord of the Rings again, so I guess Malwa's kinda of like the, the worm tongue of kind of the poison in everyone's ear, but that's you know Exactly. Um the Honest Iago, maybe from Othello, that kind of Yes. Um very you know, much always so. he he plays up the fact that he's doing you a favour, that he's he's always mm-hmm. on your side, he's always got your back, he's your best friend, he you know he'll catch the guy, but of course yeah. he's the one who's been pulling the strings the whole time. And like
1: Iago, it results in a in a dead wife. So. Yes,
0: too true, too true. Mm. Yes. So it's not a it's not a very happy life for Stavros, is it?
1: It's not. No. Yeah. It,
0: it, again, it, it
1: from desperate beginnings and then finding this this money, which I, I guess he thinks you know is going to give him happiness. And I think this is the closest that we get in this series, which the main plot isn't really to do with money, even though Noah Holy mm. says he's heavily influenced by that quote at the end of the, the movie of, like, you did all this, and for what? For a, a little, little bit, bit of money. money. Yep. And I think that, you know, it's Stavros' story which is to do with this kind of uh, finance and... Um, uh, uh, Profit. what I'm looking for. Monetary yeah, ca- capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah. yeah, this kind of capitalist uh, theme which runs throughout a, a lot of the the seasons. And I think this is where it's most evident of this guy who kind of equates money with the power of God. And yes. so I think he, you know, it's the fact that he can say, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian, I believe in God and all that, but he's, he worships money. He clearly, mm. you know, he puts all his trust in the, in the Yankee dollar, as it were, that, you know, he comes off from, from Greece in search of that kind of American dream.
0: Yeah, uh, and I think he literally kind of sells his soul, um mm. for for a life you know it's a it's a faust uh sort of situation you know he sells his soul to the devil to Mistopheles for a, a short life of of luxury and everything every desire and every want that he could ever need um i'm much i think stavros's story is, is kind of the morality tale of the show it's yeah you know, it's almost an aesop's fable kind of uh, morality tale of of every little thing that happens to him. He's slowly learning. Oh my God, i am so focused on money, and, and that's really not what what's important here. You know, my dog's mm-hmm. dead, and my my marriage is breaking down. My son's life is in danger, and I you know he he treats his son like some sort of idiot. Um, throughout the whole show. Even that-
1: though he's the one who works it out.
0: Exactly. When I read, yeah. Well,
1: yeah. But yep. He's the one who's like, yeah, I'm so, yeah, apparently the crickets aren't native to here, so I rang the pet shops, and guess what? And his father just cuts him off and says, never mind about that, get in the car and drive off. And he sends his son off to his death.
0: To his death, effectively. Yep. It's, it's his ignorance and that greed and that kind of that power that takes over that goes, no, I, I, I'm right, because I'm the king, I'm your father, I'm chosen by God. And you need to listen to me, and you know he's—it's it, tragic. It's—it's a, it's a Greek tragedy in that he's—he's he's coming from a good place with his son at that point. Yeah. He, he wants—he wants to protect his son, um, but of course, you know, the Greek tragedy is that he's just destined for to become destitute and for his whole life to crumble around him, for for his empire to fall into the sea. Uh, if we're season two of Fargo. Hmm.
1: Um, And again, like, it I mean, that is the the lowest point for him, isn't it? When he sees all them fish and he just mm. is trudging towards the car going, buddy, buddy, Dimitri. And he sees his son lying there dead and he's just crying to the heavens, but I gave it back.
0: Yep, yep. It's that that Midas touch, you know, Mm. he's got everything he's wanted, but ultimately, you know, when he... The, the the things that really matter that he that he actually wants you know the love of his wife and his son he ends up you know quite literally sending them to their death as you said.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, like, because w- with regards to, like, sort of his solution, which is to p- put the money back, because mm. uh, uh, originally he thinks, okay, I'm going to pay these guys because, you know, Malvo's been getting into his head and been, I think, swapped his pills so he can't sleep and yes. filled his shower with blood. So, you know, this guy is cracking. You see, you see, like, there's so many times where he's, like, gritting his teeth together and he's just can't stop shaking and sweating. And like you say, he's complaining about this this heat, and he he just feels like he's yeah. going through the ringer. And back problems as
0: well. His first meeting with Malvo, he he he's boasting about something, and then it instantly he's cut off with him being like, "Oh, on the back of a ninety-year-old," mm-hmm. you know. So
1: yeah, everything he boasts about it, that's kind of like cut short by some kind of physical shortcoming, as mm-hmm. it were, that suddenly is inflicted upon him. Exactly. And so uh, when he when he agrees to pay, but then he changes his mind and he thinks, oh no, I know what needs to be done. This money needs to be brought back. Mm. But again, like I, to me, at least that's a sign that it's like, it's still just about the money though. Like you're not, you're not seeing the big picture here. It's not about the money.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. his heart is in the right place, but just his logic is, is skewed. His, his Mm. philosophy is still too, Profit-orientated, um, and he just needs to focus on the actual things that, you know, the fact that his his, his soul is essentially on the line. Um, yes. I mean, you know, the, with the, the plague of, you know, all the, the raining fish and, and everything when his son dies, that's not a part of Malvo's scheme. He didn't orchestrate fish falling from the sky, did he? No. So, in a way, you know... He, you could certainly look at it as as a the biblical references as kind of more as a a, a parallel or a, a parable um, that this is sort of akin a, a to. Um, but in the end, I think you could argue that maybe he literally has been fighting God, or, or has mm. been trying to appease God, and God has just gone. No, you still don't get it. Um, you know, maybe maybe God didn't send Malvo in the end, but Malvo just ended up having to be there and he thought, well, maybe this will, you know, knock some sense to him. Um, but it, it ended up, ended up not. Um, but we haven't really discussed kind of all the the trials Stavros has gone through, that, that Malvo's uh, sort of put him through the ringer.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the order that they came in. Mm,
0: um, well, he, he complains of back trouble and, and this, this humidity, this heat... Um, Mm-hmm. which i think is kind of an early warning signs just by malvo's mere presence in the room i think um, particularly to- since like you know th- th- there's a lot of like references
1: to everything being cold all the time and it always snowing and yeah. so how is this guy yeah. it's it's almost as if he's hoarding the heat
0: well exactly but, like to
1: his own detriment yeah
0: well he's he's boasting about you know he's got mangoes and limes in goddamn january you know? yeah uh so he's yeah he's certainly um Wants, wants you know what what isn't there essentially. Um, he wants the heat. He wants all this exotic fruit for his supermarket empire. He wants, 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 wants. Um, yes. Even though logically he he shouldn't have it, and he should just be content with you know. I mean, he's complaining about it being so hot. Just go outside. It's literally snowing. Like he's in a he's in a <laughs> a in a this this prison of his own design. Essentially, yes. with this heat, he's he's built his own his own prison, his own hell, essentially. And mm. it, again, the the heat and hell and the Saint Lawrence reference and all that kind of thing. Maybe he's he's subconsciously putting himself in into the the pain of Saint Lawrence. Maybe you know he burned yeah. the stake, and maybe he's you know. Puts the thermostat up a, a, a couple of degrees. Uh, and, yeah. And tries to feel so, as, so, as close to his his uh, his chosen saint as possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a the subconscious thing of just like I don't deserve any of this. Maybe so this is, it's a kind of self punishing kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that kind of self flagellation kind of thing. Um. Again, mm-hmm. the, the the kind of saint analogy. Yeah. He's he's subconsciously kind of he feels wrapped with guilt. Um, but much like characters in this show, uh, a lot of them don't realize it until, until far too late. Yes. Um, but yes, yeah, some of the other stuff that he's, he's gone through, um, of course we talked about King the Dog, rest in peace, Rip mm-hmm. King, um, <laughs> and his, his horrific blood shower.
1: Yes, so um, like, didn't he get, like, Malvo gets pig's blood from, like... Pig's uh... blood into the plumbing system,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, and both of those are a design by, Mal- by Malvo. Um, yes. And the switching of, of his medication as well, and, you know, his kind of weird trip that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just... The locusts? Yep, and all the, the locusts from the pet shop, yep, exactly. Um, And then, and then at the end, I think it is just the... Uh, his the the fish and his son dying. Mm. I think. The and end, again, y- I mean,
1: you said that like you know Malvo d- didn't orchestrate that, but like I suppose you know some people might argue that Malvo is this supernatural force, and mm. who's to say if he if he didn't do that? I mean, That's we don't know. Point. Is is Malvo the devil, or is Malvo some kind of like? Well, it's difficult though because you know you could argue make an argument that in this case Malvo is this kind of force that is being used to kind of maybe show Stavros the light, even if that isn't Malvo's
0: intention. Mm, absolutely. Um, I, I think one thing that anyone could could argue is that um, the series of events, um, you know, all of Malvo's orchestrated uh, plotting and terrorizing and torture of this man, um, all those events... Led up to his his son him sending his son away. If all that stuff hadn't have happened, um, Dmitri would still be alive. So yeah, mm-hmm. the, the question is that, um, yeah, that Malvo potentially is the devil. Either he knows it or he doesn't, or he's just this allegorical figure, or it's nothing like that whatsoever. But at the end of the day, cause and effect the actions that have taken place before did end up in his family being ruined. Yeah. it's Sad. It is sad. Do you remember last week we were talking about, thank God we've got something really cheery and happy to talk about. Yes! What happened (laughs) to those days? We're we're straight back in it, boys! (laughs) Back in the misery. Yeah, let's talk about more dead dogs! Woo! (laughs) <laughs> but 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 there's
1: funny bits too it's funny
0: oh yeah yeah he's he's yeah. a funny character he's a he's a, a a greek tragedy mixed with a greek comedy as as they often are a shakespearean uh mixture of the two
1: exactly i mean that's that's far go to a t isn't it uh was Absolutely. It a, like a well it's like a tragedy with a happy ending and a, a comedy with a lot of really sad bits in between
0: oh yes oh yes Uh, I mean, some of the best shows like this are just absolutely hilarious because we're discussing about all these tragic events and plots and character arcs and, you know, big biblical themes. But this show is absolutely hilarious. It is. Um, And I think a lot of people forget that um, with a lot of... I mean, uh, once again, I'm going to mention Soprano. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yes. But that show is a secret comedy. It's absolutely hilarious. There is, Hmm. uh, it's literally a joke a minute. There's not a single joke that falls flat in that show. But it's just revered as this big dark drama. And of course there is that. But just some of the things some of the characters say in that show and some of the little, uh, there's a whole motif in the show of all these gangsters, you know, these big tough guys trying to give people advice or talk about things but just mess up a word or two. Um, yes, I mean, I mean there's the scene of uh, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a scene of of Bobby and Tony talking about you know the state of the world, and, and Bobby Backlog goes, you know, Quasimodo predicted all of this, and it, and obviously <laughs> he means Nostradamus <laughs> because he's thinking of the hunchback <laughs> of Notre Dame, and it's just like you're such an idiot, man. <laughs> I love and there's that. so much stuff in, the, especially with Stavros, like we said with the the heat and the Saint Lawrence stuff. Mm.
1: I mean, um, there's a, the, the, again, there's a recurring thing throughout a lot of these shows of just, like, the person who's trying to be a badass and just not quite pulling it off. I mean, you, yeah. you get a similar sort of thing with Breaking Bad. Again, everybody Absolutely. looks at Walter White and be like, oh, oh, I want to be like Walter White. And it's like, Walter White's an absolute loser. He yeah. just thinks he's yeah. cool. But, but, you know? but didn't
0: you hear the quote? He said, I am the one who knocks. That was pretty freaking badass, right? But it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. He's such but, a... Uh, uh, he's, he's this washed up middle aged chemistry teacher <laughs> uh, and he's he just keeps Dude, failing at absolutely everything even when he has some f- success he fucks it up at yeah, every turn because people remember the
1: bits where you know he like throws the exploding bit and two yeah, goes off but so people <laughs> forget the but people forget the bit where like he, he he's listening to, the, to his answering machine and like Says like, <laughs> says I've got your divorce money right here, and grabs his crotch too hard, falls over, and bangs <laughs> his head on the table.
0: Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> all the time that he throws an entire pizza on the roof.
1: Yes, <laughs> and I think that's that. That's kind of similar to Stavros again. Like I said he kind of carries himself like a mob boss. I think he tries to model himself like a kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. Tony Soprano style
0: mobster Oh, he, he would fit the, right in the Sopranos. He'd fit yeah. perfectly in that show.
1: But the dude, the dude owns a supermarket. It's yeah. Not, he's not it's, a king. He's I not know. a god. He owns a supermarket. And it's like, you, 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 throughout the show, there's a lot of kind of naming of sort of like, oh, you know, Emmett is the parking lot king of Minnesota. Yeah. And yeah. all these things of like, equating this kind of divine or royal status to these people who are just people. And Over, that's yeah. one thing that I love about this show is that it just shows just kind of like the... The, the 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 folly of people who think that they're all that but clearly aren't who, who
0: think they have a divine right over these large concrete buildings like that's it yes. That's that's what their empire is it's parking lots and supermarkets mm-hmm. and yet, but meanwhile kind of... you've got
1: the you've got the frozen tundra out there where exactly you know, where the wild things are and they 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 go out there they get eaten alive
0: exactly exactly and it's you know the real quote-unquote, badasses of the show are the ones, you know, without ego. I I don't think Malvo particularly has an ego. I just think he's so sure of himself, so sure of how the world works, that everything he does is chilling, and it is, you know, pretty badass, but, but in a horrifying way um i but, would i would almost disagree
1: with that oh, i think really? that, i think that malvo's ego is sort of what does him in at the end in that at the end it's, yes okay. because i think it's when when lester like starts becoming a bit of a threat and you know in the same way that like lester can't walk away from malvo mm. i think that malvo actively coming after lester is a sign that he's like oh I don't like the fact that this guy bested me in any way. And so I'm going to yeah. go and kill him. And ultimately it's that, that giving into that ego, which leads to him getting caught in the bear trap and letting the postman, the postman. come and shoot him. Yep.
0: yep. Well, <laughs>
1: which is such a humbling way yes, to die.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, I suppose maybe, maybe, maybe Hansy is is perhaps more of a, a better example, but even, you know, mm. but when when he turns into Moses, in season one, he, you know, he's, and he, big yeah, fat he becomes, he becomes, yeah, he becomes
1: a Stavros type figure, yeah,
0: doesn't he? Yeah, so even Hansi Dent, who you, you know, seemingly, um, I, I would definitely say throughout the show, when he's Hansi, he has absolutely no ego. He, mm. you know, he is proud of his, you know, heritage, and he's a he's a war vet, but you know, he only kind of discusses it when he's, you know, being, you know, people spitting in his drink and abusing him essentially um but yeah mm. even even him at the end he he's drawn back into that world exactly to that power over mm. over people and just things and in the end they all they all fall into the sea
1: yep and yeah he's again surrounded by fish and it it's such a, a humbling you know way for Stavros's <clears throat> story to end because we never see him afterwards. That's nope. literally where his story ends. So where do you think he is now, Jack?
0: That's a very fair point. Yeah, because what's happened? He's still the supermarket king. Um, seemingly the blackmailing is over. Um, his dog is dead. His son is dead. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, there's mm. two. There's two possibilities for a character like that. I yeah, think, I think one of them is instant repent, and and then I think becomes a devout Christian at that point. I think yeah. if there is any moment for that kind of character to properly devote himself to God, it would mm. be a moment like that where he'd be on his knees, going, "I'm going to give it all up. I'm going to sell the business, and I'm just going to, you know, become a become a monk somewhere." Um, yeah, and,
1: and maybe, like, the the death of Dimitri, tragic as it is, maybe that's the thing that brings uh, him and Helena back together.
0: Possibly, possibly, yeah, yeah, it is that, that biblical kind of thing of, of God challenging, uh, you know, certain characters, certain, um, certain people in the book with, you know, harming their, their family members, and at the end it is their, their faith that kind of preserves them at the end. Um, mm. and so maybe yeah, Abraham and Isaac yeah. exactly exactly. so maybe that's that's his moment of going yeah okay get back with the wife we're going to become a a, a a family unit again we're going to try we're gonna, I'm going to realise what's important in my life um, but I'm not sure uh-huh. I, I don't know if, if if they will get together yeah you know, I, I mean I if that's like, the light
1: side ending what, what, yeah, the, what, the, what would the dark, dark side, side ending be there's, for there's, for there's
0: us? a couple I think one of them is that you know Maybe he just off, offs himself. I think after mm. something that after something like that, you know, you, you'd um, not understand. Well, yeah, you, you'd understand why someone would do something like that. And I think he he definitely could could do. Perhaps gives himself to God, takes his life so that he can leave this this world and go to the next. Or mm. he just spirals spirals back into more greed and drink and just. You know, becomes fatter on his throne, and you know, Mm. just becomes this bitter, twisted old old king on his on his throne with no love for anything anymore, apart from just amassing more wealth because that's all he's got left.
1: I think that there's a recurring theme throughout all the seasons, which is the kind of death of the family for the sake of business. Yes, Uh, and I think that that you know that dark ending, like, would be, you know, Stavros just like saying okay so fam, you know family's gone i'll just throw myself fully into business and like you say become immersed in this world of commerce and greed yeah and you can almost imagine him at that point like you know one day he says here's a knock on the door and vm varga comes in and he's like you know i've got a little proposition for <laughs> you it's supermarket and-
0: king yes yeah, like, oh god oh yeah no, here we go mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that would be interesting yeah oh i'd love That's- to see that scene
1: it, it would be very interesting yeah. but i i hope that yeah i hope Stavros gets his act together
0: i, I hope so too i hope so too i i think i think he's been through enough um, yes uh, but but maybe there's a parallel with him and the parallel uh, parable sorry that Gus and his neighbor discuss oh yes with the man who gives everything you know gives you know all of his wealth all of his money all of his time who Gives his, his kidney but not just his kidney. I want to give my skin, but not just my skin. I want to give my spleen, but not just my spleen. Um ends up, you know, killing himself in the bathtub and giving all of his body. Perhaps perhaps in a way that's maybe is where he ends up. Mm-hmm. Maybe he feels like, you know, it starts with him wanting to give back the money to to God, seemingly. And maybe, you know, where his family's Taken away, he he wants to give his business, but feels like he still wants to give.
1: Mm, wow, yeah, from being a man who takes and takes to a man who gives and gives. Who gives so much that you know
0: he becomes nothing at the end.
1: Wow, quite possibly. Oof,
0: Oof. <laughs> what a and, uh, what a depressing episode this has turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: I mean, I mean, with relation to that parallel bill as well, I think that there is a. Very much a um, a serious man, uh, mm. kind of allegory uh, in this, and very much in the, particularly in the way that in the same way that um, uh, is it Larry Larry Gobkick or something? Yeah. Who um who throughout throughout the thing, like <clears throat> he keeps on saying that he hasn't done anything, and uh, at the end he he finally he finally does something, and that is the moment where he gets the news that he's um that he. That he might have something seriously wrong with him uh, when his doctor rings him, and also when his son encounters the tornado. In a much the same way, yeah. it's after Mylos uh, finally decides to take action, but clearly the wrong course of action that the mm. the fish tornado happens, and his yeah. son is faces the end of it. It's a it's a recurring
0: uh, theme within the show that that kind of oh, it's it's too late. To have have done some good, Uh, I mean, you discussing the tornado instantly makes me think of of, uh, Rabbi in season four. Exactly. You know, he he goes out to do some good. The one time he says, you know, either I'm dead or I'm in jail. The one time he he doesn't say it, he goes out and sucked into a tornado. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, another character that he reminds me of is um, actually the Big Lebowski. In fact, I think Ooh. that there's a scene where the same choral music is playing in uh, Milo's study when uh, Malvo comes to meet him as when um, when uh, uh, the dude goes to visit the Big Lebowski after his wife has been kidnapped. Yes. And he's staring
0: into the fire. I there's swear it's the
1: same choral music that's playing. It and they're very be.
0: similar sort of figures, aren't they? Absolutely are. Um recently saw what the song was called ah oh, where was it where is,
1: is it a, is it a mozart
0: piece it is one of the requiems or uh here we go yes requiem uh uh libera me
1: i think it might have been cuz i i recently watched amadeus as well and i think oh, it featured in that oh
0: that's so weird i also recently watched amadeus
1: Oh well, hang on. Did you watch the movie version? Because I watched the uh, the play Ah, version.
0: I watched the movie version. Yes. Ah, both very good. Yep. Yep. Oh, F. Murray Abraham, what a deserved that Oscar. Thoroughly deserved. So good. Yeah, I watched the version
1: with uh, Lucy and the
0: Oh, very nice.
1: He's he's fantastic. He's Ah, really good as well. You see that? Very different. Very different, but very very good. Different, yeah.
0: So yeah, Requiem. um, libera me which I imagine means liberate me perhaps although I'm not an an expert all I'm saying is it looks like the word liberate and the second word is me so (laughs) you know don't have
1: to be Sherlock Holmes to put that together
0: (laughs) don't have to be Columbo there's some some missing pieces here (laughs) Uh, but yeah that's that's played during the scene of where he's discussing St. Lawrence Yes, um, it is. Which is after uh, King the Dog is, is killed and the, the second um, blackmail uh, note is delivered with an increase, mm-hmm. of course, to like a million dollars now <laughs> instead of the very specific sum of money that, that Don Chump wants for his Turkish bath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don. Oh, Don, God. you. You sweet, innocent sweet soul. idiot. <laughs> sweet, sweet fool. Sweet fool. <laughs>
1: yeah and that and um of course um stavros is the the man who's present when malvo espouses his man equals animal um theory his his whole Mm. philosophy of you know There are no saints in the Animal Kingdom, which, speaking of which... Oh, oh my
0: God, that was a segue. Oh,
1: I'm very proud of that segue. That's right. (laughs) It's time for No Saints in the Animal Kingdom, the part of the show where we take the character we've been discussing and we place them... On the animal food chain, and try and think about what their spirit animal might be hmm. and this is going to be an interesting one because just before you say anything, Jack, I have a very
0: strange piece of trivia for you oh my god i 'm holding on to my seat I, I was the... waiting with bated breath. <laughs>
1: I was on the Fargo Wiki, and uh, at the bottom there was a little trivia section, and this was the one piece of trivia which I knew I had to include because it's so weird. Mm. Stavros Milos shares exactly the same name as a character from Woody Allen's Everything You Want to Know About Sex But Were Afraid to Ask, in which he is a shepherd who owns a sheep that Gene Wilder falls helplessly in love with.
0: Oh my god!
1: So if you've never seen this film, G- Gene Wilder sleeps with a sheep in this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yes, that's that's the trivia fact you wanted to add in the show, didn't it? Isn't it? Not that, yes, not it that was. it relates anything to Fargo. Just that Gene Wilder once played someone who fell in love with a sheep. Yes. yes, but uh,
1: but yeah, just find it very interesting that the one of the characters, the shepherd who owns the sheep, is called Stavros Milos. Do you think that's intentional?
0: Because I, I was going to ask you that. Um, wow, <laughs> struggle to see a connection, to be honest. Maybe it's just a little Easter egg thing, you know? People like having the same name from something that they love. Um, yeah, but I, they could, there could certainly be a, a shepherd allegory here, maybe. The, yeah, the, I suppose some sort so. Of biblical reference. He's, you know, he's trying to herd his family at the beginning from the storm. He's trying to do, you know, what's best for them. Um, mm. Then it ends up coming to a bunch of money, uh, a bunch of power and wealth, and, and he leaves his flock behind mm. and, and concentrates mean, on his empire he's built uh, until the point, you know, where the wolf comes in. Yeah. And, you know, at the end his his flock dies.
1: Yeah. Oh, does Smenko die? as well
0: i think I he think dies I... as well in the car crash yeah yeah i thought he might yeah yeah another but, one of his. but flock. i
1: mean yeah i mean i've never seen woody allen's everything you want to know about sex but I'm afraid to ask but uh if i do maybe maybe something maybe i'll be able to see something and be like oh so that's why it is but yeah, uh i have who knows seen it, but,
0: but a long 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 time ago um but i do remember gene wilder in that film to be fair yeah, it is it is a quite a memorable part of that movie where he falls in love <laughs> with a <the> sheep. <laughs> um yeah, it might be might be a Rewatch perhaps.
1: Hmm. Mm. Quite possibly. Mm. Uh
0: but anyway, yes. So um
1: Stavros. What animal is Stavros? Now, uh, Jack, you said you had some uh some interesting ones this time, so I'd yeah. uh, I'd love to hear them.
0: Uh, it's it's not gonna be like the last times where I've kind of gone this is the animal, where I've chosen one particular thing. Um, and then alluded to to stuff afterwards. Um, I've I've kind of been reading up a lot on on Aesop's fables lately. I ah, thought, that's a good and shout. I thought this character was the perfect character to kind of see what parallels lie within within Aesop's fables. Because um, mm-hmm. his entire storyline is an Aesop's fable. Yeah, uh, you know, it is a, a morality lesson. It's a, a, a morality play, essentially, is what it is. Um, And so two uh, have been brought to my attention. Um, The first one... uh, These are only short, so I'll I'll, I'll, I'll read them out. Um, Okay. The first one is The Goose with the Golden Eggs. Ah. One day a countryman, going to the nest of his goose, found there an egg, all yellow and glittering. When he took it up, it was as heavy as lead, and he was going to throw it away, because... He thought a trick had been played on him, but he took it home on second thoughts and soon found that it was an egg of pure gold. And so every morning, the same thing occurred as he grew rich by selling his eggs. uh, Yes, and he grew rich by selling his eggs every single day. And as he grew rich, he grew greedy and thinking to get. Sorry, oh God, sorry. Our oh, pop up has, has come up onto the oh. screen as I was reading out. Oh, damn Curse you. you. Damn you, internet. Uh, and thinking to get it all at once, all of this wealth, all of these golden eggs, uh, he took the goose and killed it. He cut open this goose to find that there's nothing within. And so, the, the morality of that Aesop's fable is that uh, greed often overreaches itself um mm, that's so really good he 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 obviously takes the part of the 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 countryman the 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 capitalist the who the finds farmer, the golden egg who finds yes, that's the golden really egg good. he's the shepherd the farmer you know he's in charge of all of his flock and he ends up getting them all killed in the end um mm. so i thought that was quite a, a, an interesting one um to choose to choose not an animal uh for this one um but i think for certain characters later on i mean Particularly in season three, now I've got some ideas for some characters that perhaps aren't animals, but uh, are okay. still still within the realms of. But that's that's spoilers. That's spoilers for yep. a future episode we haven't even recorded there, yet. Boy. So easy, easy now, easy, easy now, boy. <laughs> Ooh, there, <you> damn <laughs> egg. Uh, <laughs> we haven't had a horse yet, have we? <laughs> no, we haven't had a horse. Yeah, that's a fair point. Hmm. Mm, maybe, maybe somewhere down the line we'll have a horse. Yeah. Here's hoping here's here's open. <laughs> um, Yes and the second one uh, The second fable is called The Dog and the Shadow uh, okay. and So the story is uh, A dog is walking home with a piece of meat in his mouth On his way home He crosses a river And he looks into the river He mistakes his own reflection for another dog And wants his meat also And so he opens his mouth To attack this dog but the meat falls into the river and is never seen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, the parable there is just to be happy with what you have and don't don't fall into the temptation of, of avarice and, and greed uh, again. Uh, similar vein with the, the, the goose and the golden eggs, just learning to be happy with what you have rather than what you don't have. Wow. Because perhaps that's enough. That's
1: so good, Jack. And I'm, I'm really happy that you've came up Aww. with those. You've put so much work into that. Oh, and well, I, thank I, you. I, lo- I love that you've approached it from like a morality perspective. And also, you've put so much more thought into it than I have <laughs> into mine.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. Well, well, God, what the hell's your one going to be then? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm excited so- now.
1: Oh, man, mine is going to be so lazy by comparison. <laughs> oh, um, nonsense, nonsense. Uh, so, I mean, um, first of all, I I have seen videos that equate um, Stavros with a dog because of mm. uh, the dog king. He's the king. They both kind of, you know, are dogs that get eaten by the wolf. But we've we've already got so many dogs and potential dogs. I didn't want to go down that route. And... Obviously, you've got the the name of Miles' story, the, the the story that he's kind of pushing forward, his narrative, his true story, which is that of the American Phoenix. Mm. You know, he sees himself as the Phoenix reborn, not from the flames, but from the frost. Uh, you know, uh. so from, and so and so immediately, I thought, oh well, yeah, because he he's trying to see himself as a Phoenix, but again, he you know he hasn't come from the flames; he's came from this kind of snowy background. So I thought is Stavros Milos a penguin? And I, th- I kind of just kind of imagined them sort of like waddling through the snow and, and, and this image of sort of like the, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see it, can't you?
0: I totally can see it. I can totally yeah. see it. And of course you and- bring up the penguin as well. I mean, yeah, I would. I, for would. those of you
1: who don't know, I'm... I, I love... I'm a big... I mean, we're both massive DC Comics fans mm-hmm. and I have a bit of an obsession with the character of the Penguin. I'm not sure why, I just love him. Uh, but I guess thinking about Dimitri as well and the idea that it's the 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 father Penguin who has to take care of the egg and it's clear that... Um, uh, well, well, I think... Because I think, th- yeah, I think he's he's ca- taking care of Dmitri. I think he goes to visit his mother, but I think he he stays mostly with his father, doesn't he?
0: Yes, yes. Um, because of course he works there as well mm-hmm. uh, at the ex- ex- Yes.
1: Exactly. So I, I, I guess Stavros is sort of a reluctant penguin, a penguin who who dreams of flying, but ultimately has to come back down to the to the frost and the snow, and mm. you know the fish. <laughs>
0: I think, yeah, I think maybe he even attempts to fly. And as he attempts to fly, perhaps, you know, he he forgets that he's the one he's carrying his egg. And so as he, you know, flies off that cliff to, you know, flap his wings and fails and falls into the fish, his egg uh, cracks on the ground or or falls into the sea. Mm Mm-hmm. Another tragic tragic, uh, animal figure yeah with the penguin there but yeah yeah it's interesting the the born born from frost rather than you know risen from the ashes he's kind of stumbled out of the cold yes um, he's kind of he kind of stumbles out of the cold uh finds this treasure and then you know kind of uh, finds himself in the frying pan uh mm. you'd constantly hot and you know all this danger all around and then, yeah, again,
1: that maybe this mentality of, like, I never want to be cold again. That's why I have to have yes. all this heat around me all the time.
0: And he ends up burning down his castle, essentially. Yes. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. That wasn't a lazy one. That was a good one, the penguin choice. Oh, thank you. That was a very good I'm... choice.
1: I appreciate that, man. Okay. Well, all well, I did
0: I was think... read some stories. <laughs> no, man, that was...
1: <laughs> you took initiative. I would literally just, like sort of stumbled upon that one just like just, I was thinking oh, a a phoenix with... but <laughs> cold instead of hot penguin that's, yeah let's go I, with that I, I and I literally genius. thought about the. thank you I appreciate that mate I literally thought about the, the whole egg parallel and the Dimitri thing literally mm. just but actually I think while you were doing the, the goose with the golden egg to be honest so uh, yes
0: yes so, another bird egg synergy there we have Exactly.
1: So yes. again it I, I wouldn't want to do this podcast with anyone else, Jack, because you you keep
0: oh. you, you keep me sharp. You keep me sharp. Oh, I keep you on your toes, that's for sure. Exactly. Well bless very you. You are so. you are the, the the sweetest, the kindest, wonderfulest host of any podcast out there on the net. Oh bless and you. Mate. I feel I feel very privileged um for this. Um I do as well. It, it feels good it feels good to be back. Um because last week, you know, I was, I was there, um, but I was I was I was ill. Um, for, yeah. for posterity for future historians, I, I had contracted COVID, um, mm-hmm. and and so that was a, a weird a weird time. Um, but I'm not complaining because you know, comparatively, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm young and I'm healthy, um, and so the symptoms weren't weren't that bad. Um, so I've got no no room to complain whatsoever. Um, but but still a, a a weird thing to process, weird thing to to, yeah. to get, <laughs> um and to be locked up away, and uh, so to be back for this one, uh has been a has been a real real privilege and an honor, Thomas. So so thank tremendous. you, tremendous, thank you, Jack, and uh, thank you all for listening. We hope that
1: you guys have enjoyed this our uh, fifth episode. So um mm. yeah um just. Yeah, please keep on listening. Uh, let us know uh, what you think about the show on either our Facebook page or our Twitter page. Uh, we'd love to hear any uh, theories that you have, any um, ideas you might have for the show as well. Uh, yeah. Any kind of ways we can shake up the format a bit? And just your uh,
0: opinions, just your your love for the show in 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 general. Uh, absolutely been astounding. Um, uh, a couple of people I know have been listening to this podcast. My my parents, bless them, listen. So hello <laughs> hello mum and dad if you're listening. They they listen to it in the car sometimes. They listen oh, they've listened them. to every episode so far, so that's nice. Um Oh wow. Uh, my uh my
1: my, my, my mum my tried, bless her. <laughs> oh, she tried, yes. She I, tried. I, yeah. I can
0: understand. I, it is a it is a trying podcast. I can understand. <laughs> Particularly
1: if you're not familiar with the show uh, yes. with Fargo, so
0: Yes, uh, yes, and and a lot of people I know have been have been a fan of the the, the show Fargo, and some of them have have given them rewatches watches Been lovely to see. Uh, a, a friend of mine, Lydia, who who has said that she's the show's biggest fan, um, which she said to my face. So I'm like, well, are you just saying that? Is this the truth? But she's listened <laughs> to every episode. And so, so thank you to everyone who's who's been listening. Whether this is your first episode or your last episode, <laughs> if this is really quite possibly if this has put you off podcasts forever so long, and thanks for all the fish.
1: Ah, very good. Hey, thank you so much to George Matthew for the incredible theme song that you heard at the beginning and you will hear at the end of this episode. You can check out some of his other stuff on his uh, SoundCloud account uh, at um Georgie Boy. Uh, and numbers I believe uh, Yeah. yeah you can... the, the
0: links are in all of our social medias oh yeah um, good as well as oh the then I don't have to say anything yes. yes 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 all the links to all of his stuff is in uh, the description of every episode on whatever platform you're listening on um, yes. as is the uh, Instagram of Dan Reese, who has done our incredible artwork and they are open for commissions and they don't have any at the moment so my god get yourself some artwork Yes Boy can they draw Absolutely
1: Okay well uh, that's going to be all from us So um, until next time Take care of yourselves Stay safe and wrap up warm Because it's cold out
0: there Oh yeah You betcha